This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobbe, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration and the author of The Remarkable Effect. I'm creating a tribe of tech entrepreneurs that are on a mission to do something big and meaningful. I invite you to join the tribe as well, especially if you want to create change that matters and put your software business on momentum that you're proud of. The goal that I have at this podcast is twofold. Firstly, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. The guest on my podcast today is Offer Sipperman, CEO of Anagog. Everybody are trying to understand us based on our online or digital life, while 80% of the time we are actually spending in the real world right? And we have full life in the real world, but it looks like the new technologies only try to focus on what we are doing online. It looks like everybody in the attempt of trying to understand us in a more personal way, they forgot that we have private life. We all feel a little bit, you know, uncomfortable with the question, what exactly does Google know about me or Apple or Facebook? And at some point, some of us actually gave up. And we're actually trying to roll it back and to say, guys, there is an option that only your phone will know everything about you and it will never leave your phone. So in a way, we, we try to change everything upside down. This is Offer. He's got 20 years of experience as an entrepreneur and leader of high-tech, private and public companies. Offer has a Bachelor of Laws degrees from the Tel Aviv University. Today, Offer leverages his technology and management experience to drive Anagog's long-term success. Anagog is the developer of JetAI, a patented edge AI technology that solves the conflicting dilemma of deeply understanding your customer behavior, creating moments of surprise and delight, and that all without harming their privacy. And this inspired me, and hence I invited Offer to my podcast. We explore the ever-growing need for better experiences and the problems this creates around our privacy. Everything we do is tracked and stored somewhere without being in control of it. We discuss the technology answers to this so that we can have the best of all worlds, better experiences, more surprise and delight without sharing anything. We also dig into how remarkable products often are the results of many pivots and what leaders need to do different in order to succeed. By listening to this podcast, you will learn four things. Firstly, that a major opportunity to truly understand your ideal customer is found in understanding what they do offline. Secondly, why transformation starts when we ask ourselves propelling questions that combine both a bold aspiration with a significant constraint. Thirdly, how we can make our solutions memorable by focusing less on fixing gaps and more on creating peaks, i.e. moments of surprise and delight. And fourthly, 
that opportunity starts when you manage to do something which is very difficult, i.e. when others are not able to do that. Well, hi, Oliver. Thank you very much for being a guest on my podcast today and making time available in your, I think, crazy schedule because it's just a time that where you've just received funding and now it's COVID around the world. Must be a memorable time for you right now. Yeah, absolutely. I would say memorable time for all of us, Ton, right? It's a time to, to tell the grandkids about, hopefully as soon as we're going to go out of this crisis. But yes, we are quite privileged to have finished this financing round at this uh, challenging time. This is definitely going to allow us to be ready on the starting line when everything is going to get over. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, first of all, to see that these things still happen in times of crisis. And it shows also like what is the potential all about. So before we start talking about your company, Anagog, a little bit about yourself. If you would describe yourself, characterize yourself as a CEO or as a person, what words would you use? If you're only looking for a single word, this is difficult. I have 25 years of experience behind me. But I, I would say that I'm trying to be with my foot on the ground while doing all of these style-related issues. Okay, well, that's good. I was a product manager in the past, and they always said that I was with my feet in the, in, in the cloud or with my head in the cloud. <laughs> but It's a little bit more dangerous when you're talking about business. Exactly, exactly. Now, going back to business then, your company is called Anagog. You founded that in 2010, just received funding. There must be something interesting going on around that. So what is the big idea behind this? In a nutshell, it's about how to allow brands to understand their customers in a much deeper way. You know, everybody are trying to understand us based on our online or digital life, while 80% of the time we're actually spending in the real world, right? And we have full life in the real world, but it looks like the new technologies only try to focus on what we are doing online. And what we are doing is that we took the fact that in every smartphone there are a lot of sensors and we built a technology which we call JEDI, and Jedi knows to interpret the different signals of the different sensors on the phone in order to understand your activity, your location, to build a very detailed profile about yourself and to allow the phone to even predict what you're likely to do next. And the claim to fame over here is that for the first time, we managed to allow the phone, your phone, to do that by itself only on the phone itself without the need to send your personal data to any unknown cloud. And this field is now called edge AI, artificial intelligence on an edge device. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I learned a lot about edge the last couple of months, and that's indeed, that's good that these technologies are now available in the uh, IoT space and keep data specifically on the device itself rather than sharing it uh, around the world. Fascinating idea. <laughs> so it's always fascinating me that sometimes the ideas and the opportunities are right in front of us and we all forget to see them because indeed everybody is doing a lot of things about what we're doing in, when we're online, but we forget about the fact that 80% of our time we're not online and we're just having a normal life and not doing anything with that. But we have our phone with us. What is the opportunity if we get this right? Like who is this for and what type of benefit do they get from this? If you think about it, it's actually all over. If you think about the major brands like the retail the banking, the telecom, the automotive, all of them eventually need to understand you and me in order not only to, to understand what is our lifestyle, but also to be able to serve us at the perfect moment of engagement, right? 
And there is a new element in the equation, and that's the issue of privacy. It looks like everybody in the attempt of trying to understand us in a more personal way, they forgot that we have private life and we don't necessarily want all of our private data to go to all the clouds around. And we all feel a little bit, you know, uncomfortable with the question, what exactly does Google know about me or Apple or Facebook? And at some point, some of us actually gave up. You know, we just said, well, we cannot control it. The new technology is getting over. And we're actually trying to roll it back and to say, guys, there is an option that only your phone will know everything about you and it will never leave your phone. So in a way, we, we try to change everything upside down and to say, if now your phone can understand you in a very granular way, why wouldn't the phone bring services to you but without disclosing who you are? Let me make a small interruption here. Offer just explained the very core of what sets his business apart by blending three core traits that define a remarkable software business. Firstly, mastering the art of being curious. Secondly, challenging the status quo in order to create new value possibilities. And thirdly, do this in a way that is both transformative and creates defensible differentiation at the same time. These are traits that you can master as well. You can start by reading my book, The Remarkable Effect, or you can accelerate your transformation by joining our tribe for tech entrepreneurs on a mission. To get access to that, go to valueinspiration.com. Back to the interview. And around that, we tried to build a very comprehensive solution. And I have to say, it wasn't easy. It's comprised of a lot of very deep technology protected now by over 25 patents that we have filed. So it's been a long journey. It's not that you get one day with this bright idea and, and you can execute. It's a long journey. Yeah. Do you mean then that, that, for example, if you're a bank and you want to service your customers in the bank, your bank customers in a better way, there are two ways to do this, either the way you do it or the way that they normally do it, whereby, you know, when you, for example, walk in a particular area and you buy something that they send you a signal, hey, you can have, you can pay this in terms, for example. But then, of course, all of the sensitive data is, is shared in areas mm -hmm. where you maybe don't want it. So a lot of people, I think, close that option off if you don't want that. And of course, that's a missed opportunity. So is this maybe a, a way for, for brands to differentiate themselves? Is it about growing revenue? Where is that value the biggest? So let's take banks as an example, okay? And we can take retail and everybody else eventually. But what do banks want? Eventually, they would like you to use their banking card more often. That's how they're making money. They would like you to be more loyal and not to move to another bank. And they would like to understand when you are in the market to take a mortgage or that you are in the market to buy a new car. And they're willing to pay a lot of money to understand people in that respect. But by doing so, they usually need to collect a lot of data. What we have offered is kind of a revolutionary solution. First of all, now, as I've mentioned before, your phone can learn you, and it can learn you in, to a great extent. We even managed to find a way that to a certain extent, your phone can understand that you are looking for a new apartment or a new house. Your phone can even understand with the right algorithms that you are in the market to search for a new car. You start to visit car dealerships. You are doing some stuff which are not the normal way of your behavior. Yeah. But unlike all other solutions, nobody knows about that, including not Anagog. It's only your phone 
that yeah. is trying to figure that out. And by allowing that, eventually they can build a campaign to say, if you are in a certain category, you are now near a certain area, and we know that you are now driving a Porsche, then probably you may be interested in these types of cars as your next cars. If we, the bank, know about it, we can approach you just ahead of time to say, well, we can help you get the car you always dreamed about. But now, instead of having this information on the clouds and then approaching you, infringing your privacy, we say the other way around. They can define who are the categories of people that they would like to approach. The phones are collecting all of these marketing automation rules. What do you want to offer? To whom? Where? And when? And now the phone, your phone, is becoming the center of decision. Yeah, yeah. Your phone is actually saying, well, this is Ton. He likes to drive a Porsche. He's right now starting to visit car dealerships. So from within the phone, the right message is going to come exactly at the right time, but nobody knows who you are. Yeah, got you. You're turning everything, everything upside down. And at the end, it's sort of the best of both worlds. Exactly. I'm usually using the terminology of you go into a restaurant, right? You have two options. One option is to sit by the table and order a la carte. Then the waiter is coming to you. He knows exactly who you are. You're asking for something. He goes to the kitchen and brings that to your table. You are identified. The other issue is a buffet. You go into the buffet table with your plate. You pick anything that you want on this plate. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows what you picked, but you got, in both cases, you got exactly what you wanted. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think if you could start thinking about it from a business perspective <laughs> to what do you want to offer your customers, it's a far, well, I mean, it, it's the closest you can get to your, to your actual customer. It's like in his hands or her hands. Yeah. Exactly. So what was the, what sparked this, this idea? What, what was the aha moment for this? The company pivoted about four or five years ago to what we are doing today. The initial idea was when the first phones came out, they only had GPS and accelerometer. And what we thought at Anagog is that if you are going to understand people's location and by using the accelerometer, you would be understand that I'm now driving or I'm walking. You would be able to understand that I've parked my car. And then you would be able to understand that I'm starting to go back to my car. So the initial idea was to be able to predict that a certain parking space on street is about to be free in a few minutes. And then to allow people to get this tip and start driving over there well, when it is not yet free, but it's going to be free in just a few minutes. And we actually launched that and it was a very successful solution. But we realized at some point that this is that small in comparison to what we can do if we open up this technology to so many different domains as we actually did since. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah, I mean, just that problem of parking is, is already a big one, but you took it even further, exactly. So I wrote a book. I'm not sure whether you've seen it. Uh, this book is called The Remarkable Effect. And that's what I'm always trying to kind of understand from people that I talk to. So talking about your solution, and it's been evolving since 2010. You've pivoted four years ago. What did you do 
to give it the differentiation that it has or to give it also defensible differentiation? What does you do different yeah, from other vendors out there? You know, usually when I'm, I'm talking to my team, I'm saying that in the world of 8 billion people, to say that you are able to do something that you are the only one doing, it's quite difficult today. Exactly, yeah. What we try to do, and to the best of our knowledge, we are the only ones that are able to do that, is to allow only your phone with very limited resources and without draining the battery of the phone. We are talking about less than 1% of battery to activate a full artificial intelligence engine in the phone that works 24 by 7, that can understand hundreds of micro-segments about yourself, that can understand every micro-moment. You just now stopped driving. You just now started walking. You just now entered work. You just now left home. Only your phone can be in a position that it can understand these micro-moments exactly in real time when they happen. So if you manage to build a service that understand these micro-moments, you can also understand the pure moment of engagement or the moment of surprise and delight, as we call it, right? And this is a very fragile moment. If I'm now leaving home, there's no point of approaching me. I don't have time. But 10 minutes later, when I'm sitting in the train, that's a perfect time of approaching me. Actually, I'm looking for people to help me kill time. So understanding this on the phone is something that is by itself increasing the engagement significantly. And I think that once we realize that we know to understand all of that only on the phone, while others heavily are dependent on the cloud, we decided to really focus all the way in on this edge AI. Yeah, there's, of course, you start with the idea and the the business idea is good, but then you get the technical challenge to realize that. Indeed. Thanks uh, God, I have to say, you know, like everything in in life, the opportunity starts when you manage to do something which is very difficult when others are not able to do that. And this is what we have managed to do. Others that are trying to do that are draining the battery because they do have to rely on communication. And communication is battery drainer number one. Exactly. Only then comes the processor and only then comes the screen. So if you save on communication... You can reuse this energy for even better machine learning and artificial intelligence. Nice. So let me see. I'm going through a couple of thoughts here. But your solution came to market, pivoted, I think, three years ago then. What did you learn from the whole selling process? Who do you sell this to? Is this innovators? Is this a larger part of the market? Do you experience anything different here? We are mainly focusing on organizations that are going through the stage of digitization, right? And I believe that, by the way, that all of this coronavirus crisis is going to even accelerate the migration towards mobility, mobile solutions, digitization, even of more traditional brands like in the retail and so on. So what we have managed to, to understand very early in the process is that we need to approach the marketing arm of the brand. Those that are looking to understand their customers in a way that would allow them to approach them in a much more precise way in order to increase the engagement. So the the key word over here is better engagement. And that's what we are trying to do from different angles in one side and on the other side to ride on the fact that people are very keen about their privacy 
and how can you allow these two conflicting elements to coexist? On one side, you want to know me much deeper. On the other side, you need to protect my privacy. It doesn't yeah. make sense. And we managed to show that it makes sense. Yeah, yeah it's not either or, it's an end. It's end, end. Yeah, exactly. Now, I mean, I actually wrote a, well, not a chapter, but a good part of a chapter on the whole concept of creating those magical moments. And I think it's uh, talking about well, the whole purpose of the book, The Remarkable Effect. It's, it's when you create those remarkable moments or moments where something is happening that they don't expect, the delight moment. It's where people start talking about it. Do, do you see it also coming back to you right now? Like Almost like it's creating a viral effect? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And again, the moment that you feel that you're doing something well is where you, you have benefits from what we call the passive marketing, right? Yeah. People are starting to come to you because they realize and they hear it from word of mouth that you have created something that is a real solution to the problem that they are experiencing. And we touched two major problems. One problem was we need to understand our customers in a better way. The other one, we need to do that with full privacy. And let me tell you even one more thing, which is an, an emerging problem as we speak. This corona crisis is locking down everybody at their homes at the moment. But everybody understands that one day, hopefully soon, we will start working again. But we will have a new normal. It's not going to be the old normal that we had. We will have a new normal. I used to go a lot for theaters, for movies, for restaurants. Most likely... In the near future, I'm not going to do that, right? My phone, once I'm going out of home, my phone would be able to realize my new norm in a very fast way. And this is exactly what brands will need in order to approach me with something that will surprise and delight me exactly at the right moment. Yeah, exactly. So we, we believe that the need for that is just going to accelerate. Yeah. yeah is there adjustment time and the effort in order to do that? Fascinating. So we're reaching the top of the hour here. Since you've been an entrepreneur and you've been in, in, the, in the technology business for 25 years, I'm always interested to understand or to get, get your perspective on what it takes to create a remarkable software business. So what do you believe is the secret? People. 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 It's all about the team that you manage to create. And if you manage to create the right mix within the company, and if you manage to give the freedom of mind to your employees to be creative, this is where you have created an unbelievable machine that can come up with creative ideas and because it's, it's a teamwork eventually. And I've been too many years to know that it's not one-man job and it doesn't matter if you have several stars in the company. You have to have them for sure. They are the drivers of the business, but eventually it's a much broader teamwork. And if you manage to orchestrate this team in the right way, then that's the, the secret eventually. With even a small team, but comprised in the right way, you can do amazing stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's for sure. Do you have different or specific way of, of hiring those people? What do you look for? Do you look for... Anything Good different? point. Good point. You know, we are even applying artificial intelligence on the way that we are picking our team. We are such a great believers that you can learn some additional stuff that by intuition you may simply miss. 
that we are trying to run our process in a way that will minimize the amount of mistakes, be even looking forward. So we are taking science very seriously, not only in the product, but also in the entire process of the company and for the best side of it, you know, not to become machines, but rather to become better human beings supported or assisted by technology. It's all about the augmentation side of it, where it starts to help. It reminds me of a couple of interviews I had with people that are in the recruitment space that are indeed focusing on different things around people that are able to bring characteristics up, up, that are able to match cultures in a better way. Things you just don't see when you just do a one-to-one interview. That's good. We're humans. We're humans. And usually on the first 30 seconds of an interview, you already have your mindset about the other person on the other side of the table. Big mistake. Big mistake. You may lose great people or you may get people that are not necessarily exactly what you're looking for. Exactly. We are all humans, so this is why I'm saying if we can get assisted by technology, that can be a great achievement. Yeah, I completely agree with that. The last question here, if you would have to give advice based on your experience from the last, well, two decades, in this case, in the technology space and entrepreneurship, what would you advise peers in your category to do different or to, uh, to avoid? I think it's, it's about daring eventually, right? If you're trying to follow something which is the normal way of doing business, you will never shine. No. It's impossible. You need to dare. Now, in order to dare, you need to have courage, but you need to be a little bit naive And between us, you also need to be a little bit stupid because you're going against the stream. But this is what is making it so fun. And if you have the passion and if you're daring, eventually you will get there. It requires persistence. It takes time. Nothing is coming easy. But if you have this internal drive, that's what makes the difference between people that are just followers and people that are leaders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I loved it. Good. Yeah, courage. I wrote a couple of blogs on the word courage. And I think that's a, that's a very w- good way to describe it. Trying to do something that others would say, please don't. <laughs> or you're stupid. <laughs> exactly. Good. So what is next for you? What is your greatest aspiration? Where do you want to be in 12 to 24 months time? Anagog is my main passion. You know, you cannot compromise on that. You need to focus. You need to be laser focused. Anagog is one of the most exciting stuff that I've done. It's simply unbelievable. The, the number of opportunities that are still ahead of us is, is simply unbelievable. And we have a very older way of how to get to each one of them. Plenty of work, but still very exciting. So I believe that you will still see me and hopefully we can discuss about the new insights that I will have two or three years from now. Well, I'll happily invite you back into the podcast for sure. That's good. So where can people go to find out more about your company and to also say hi to you? So the best is going to be our website, anagog.com. And for sure, uh, from there, there is an option to approach me, obviously, over LinkedIn. And I would be more than happy to hear from anybody that believes that they can take what we have created and create the next level on top of that. That's going to be the best for everybody. Yeah, that's one of the questions I forgot to ask. I mean, if the, do you see this as a platform for others to build upon or yes. is this something that is a, yes. a readily made product? <laughs> we have created it to the extent that it is going to be very easy to implement, but that's a foundation layer yeah. where others can come with their creativity on top. And this is where everybody can be benefited from that, at least okay. as we believe. 
I'll introduce you to a couple of people that, that need this. So good. Well, thank you very much for making the time available today. It was inspiring to hear what you're doing and what you're up to and what we can actually start to expect around the world from your solution. Thank you very much, Ton, and thank you for inviting me today. And let's hope that these difficult times are going to be behind us as soon as possible and the prosperity is going to be here again as soon as possible, hopefully. I can only agree with that. Thank you. And this ends my conversation with Offer. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Please share your thoughts and questions. What did you learn and what did you think? And if you liked it and got inspired by it, please share it with other tech entrepreneurs on the mission that you have in your network. Other than that, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Offer Zieperman, CEO of Anagog. As said, the goal that I have in this podcast is twofold. Firstly, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Before I close, I have two more comments to make. If you know other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that have a story worth sharing, please send me an email at ton.dobby at valueinspiration.com. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas. And that starts with you. And if you want to know more about my book or you're interested in joining the Remarkable Effect tribe, please visit my website at www.valueinspiration.com. Thanks for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast on iTunes or provide me with your feedback directly. I'll see you shortly on a new episode. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.